Welcome to Between Two Parties, the People's Podcast. This is your host, Bernadette Pinkowski-McKee. My mission is to invite podcast listeners on an inspirational and empowering journey into the world of Oregon politics and social issues. I believe that when we, the people, learn how to navigate the political landscape and reclaim our power, we will form a unified movement that creates solution-focused change outside of the Democratic and Republican parties that are corrupted by the establishment at this time. My goal is to be in service to all Oregonians. So with that, let's get started. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Bernadette McKee, your host with Between Two Parties podcast. I am really excited today. I have Amber Richardson in studio today. She's running for Oregon governor. Good afternoon, Amber. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here. Sweet. Um, yeah, so I am really excited uh, to have you on the show and to share all the amazing stuff that you are doing while you are running for governor. You are the candidate that I think is the most action-oriented out in the world of the state and in uh, Southern Oregon specifically um, that are doing some really amazing things. So I'm excited for you to share about all that in the podcast. Um, so to start out, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to run for governor? Absolutely. Thank you again for having me on. I love this podcast. So um, yeah, I am Amber Richardson. I am 37 years old and I'm running for Oregon State Governor. I live in Jackson County and mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I love Jackson County. I love Southern Oregon. Uh, if you haven't been down to Southern Oregon, uh, please visit. We love it here. Southern Oregon's the best. Right. It is. <laughs> so uh, we are about, you know, about 20, 30 miles from the Southern Oregon border. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful here. And so anyhow, um, when I decided to run for governor, I think for a lot of people, we have so many people running. Um, and I think for the concisest I think that you get from a lot of people is that we were tired of what's going on in our state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm one of those people. But one of the things about getting our youth involved in politics is really important to me because... You know, there is a beautiful, uh, there's something beautiful about passing on the baton with what our elders have done and then passing that baton on to our youth, you know, because, you know, they've kind of paved the way of our politics and now we need to kind of pass that baton on to our youth. And the only way to have that happen is if getting our youth involved in our politics. Exactly. So uh, one of the things that I've done is that I call it the Freedom Band, um, well, actually, let me backtrack because I need to tell a little bit about myself. Sweet. <laughs> Sorry. Do it. I get a little ahead of myself. I'm a little you're bit of a You're excited about sharing about all this cool stuff you're doing <laughs> I, is what it is. I girl. am. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I'm 37 and I'm from Jackson County. Oh, I was actually born in Corvallis and I uh, we moved to Jackson County, Central Point, to be specific, when I was seven. Mm-hmm. And I grew up here just a regular person. Um my parents were awesome. I didn't have like a sob story or anything. They worked really hard and I uh, did the typical. I went to, you know, May Richardson Elementary, then I went to Scenic Middle School, then Crater mm-hmm. High School, then I went to RCC and SOU, the whole caboodle. Um, and when I first went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like the like most college students, you know, I went there and I changed my major like 19 times, like legitimately. <laughs> yeah, I want, I was a theater major actually when I first went to school. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, I love theater. I love the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so I changed my major so many times. I love science. I did, uh, you know, I love biology, the study mm-hmm. of life. And so my mom was uh, wonderful. She told me that maybe this wasn't quite the route and that, you know, pushing me to go straight into college maybe wasn't the best advice. Mm-hmm. And it's not usually the best advice for a lot of students. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, uh, and she knew that I was such a good student um, that maybe I needed to get some life experience. Mm-hmm. And so she said, hey, maybe you need to take a break and then go back when you know exactly what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the best advice that she could have given me. Mm-hmm. So I did. I took a break 
and I uh, I moved to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that was the advice. She was like, hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm glad I did because I was managing a hair salon and I, um, I worked for Jimmy Angel. He was the fifth platform stage artist in the entire world for Paul Mitchell. So he mm-hmm. had a, he had a salon here called Salon Vivid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is probably one of the most impactful uh, people in my life. I mm-hmm. was so blessed to have such a business owner at such a young age. I started working at his salon mm-hmm. uh, when I was about 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And so anyhow, so I was working at his salon and I went to Las Vegas because he was going to perform on stage at a signature gathering show. Mm-hmm. And I asked, can I go? Mm-hmm. And he was like, sure. And so I went, I was like, I'm going to move to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm going to lose my salon manager. But he was always uh, such a great uh, business owner and a salon man, or, you know, uh, he was the owner. And he was like, uh, he always told us that he always wanted to be the stepping stone for, um, for me or for mm-hmm. anybody he had working for him. So Anyhow, I moved to Las Vegas, and while I was there, um, and I worked at a salon there, another Paul Mitchell, mm-hmm. um, Kelly Cardenas was his name, and he also was a, a stage, uh, pa- Paul Mitchell stage artist, mm-hmm. and so I worked at his salon, and then, nice. yeah, so it was great. I got to move to Las Vegas, work at another Paul Mitchell salon, and so while I was in Las Vegas, I uh, was there for four years. Okay. Um, yeah, so while I was there, though, I came across a massage therapy school. And I was like, that was my calling. Uh-huh. And I went to the massage therapy school there. And the one, again, best advice I could have ever gotten was the uh, the person at the school said, mm-hmm. don't get your massage license in Nevada because the credentials were so low mm-hmm. and I was so young. And she said, if you ever want to move anywhere, you know, you won't get the reciprocity that you would get if you got your license in Oregon. Because right. in Oregon, they had such high uh, credentials. Mm-hmm. So I moved back to Oregon and I got my massage therapy license. Nice. So that's what I did in my younger years. So uh-huh. I, I moved back to Oregon. I got my massage therapy degree and I, yeah, so I went to a trade school, um, in our, at RCC in Grants mm-hmm. Pass in Josephine County. And I, I've been doing my uh, massage therapy for now, um, almost 12 years. Wow. And I love what I do. Um, throughout that, I have gone into more of the realm of medical massage. Mm-hmm. So I do um, MVAs, uh, surgery, uh, pre and post surgery. Mm-hmm. Most of what I do is a, a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most people think of massage therapy, they think of spa, they mm-hmm. think of, but massage therapy is a whole nother aspect of healing. Right. And throughout that, um, throughout that 11, 12 years, I have worked on almost every demographic of an Oregonian, whether it is just stay at home mom, whether it is our youth, whether mm-hmm. it is elderly patient. And I have got to hear every complaint on top of that. Um, so when I, um, Throughout those years, mm-hmm. especially in the last four years, mm-hmm. um, going on with our youth, I have heard some of the most tragic stories of what um, our youth is being taught, mm-hmm. and that breaks my heart. Right. You know, a lot of our youth will tell me that you know on their way to college, while they're in college, and um, when they're graduating college, mm-hmm. that they just want to get a high-paying job, pay their taxes, and get by. And I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. You need an asset. Like, There's more. Yeah, what are they teaching you? Right. You know, that wasn't what I was taught in school. Mm-hmm. And if you think of, uh, was it Milton Freeman? He is an amazing... Um, you know, economic. I mean, if there's anything to listen to folks, listen to that because Mm -hmm. it is the true of what's been happening. They talk about 20 years of indoctrination. That is exactly what, that's exactly what's happened in our own state. Mm -hmm. So I think of what I was taught 20 years ago and what is taught now, it Mm -hmm. is a complete 360 times 180 times 360 all over again. Yeah. And it breaks my heart, you know? Um, so that, um, being told what our youth, uh, tells me Mm -hmm. and then, uh, that Alameda fire, mm-hmm. I'm sitting at work and at my home life, I'm on evacuation two wow. with the open chain fire. Mm-hmm. And then I'm at work and that Alameda fire, boom, lights. And I have nothing I can do. Yeah. And so that was really the nail in the coffin for me to run for governor. I'm like, I have got to make a change. Mm-hmm. And so those I think would probably be you know, my deciding factor really mm-hmm. for running, it is getting our youth involved in our politics, mm-hmm. standing up for our rights, and then seeing the travesty of being forgotten when you think about our ruler part of our state. Right. So there's a little bit of the history of mm-hmm. who I am and 
why I really wanted to run for governor as well. So I, I kind of think I answered that question in a whole bunch of rambling and a little bit of history I all in one. <laughs> I don't think it's rambling. And, you know, honestly, Amber, I've known you, gosh, what, how long now? Eight months, something like that? Because we've been, we met each other on the, the campaign trail, right? <laughs> yes. I was working for another candidate and, uh, it was almost instantaneously, like when I met you, it was just like, and started talking with you, it was just like, oh, she's like a soul friend. Like, um, and we really connected and it's been an honor to get to know you. But I think one of the things that I really admire about you the most is your authenticity, your transparency, and your love for people, plus your ability to network and, um, you want to see everybody rise up. You want you you have this innate ability to see people's gifts, no matter who they are, no matter what political party they are a part of, and you see their strengths and you really, really care enough, whether you really know them or not, to help raise them up. And that says so much to me about a person's character. Um and as you're stepping into this role, the ability to lead. Those are, those are such important qualities of a leader. Plus, you know, you're sassy, you're fun, but yet you carry a whole bunch of grace and humility. So hats off to you, sister. So you thought you were rambling, but I got you. So, well, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and also too, she is a crazy karaoke, karaoke person too. Just saying. Well, you know, you love to karaoke. I'm a terrible singer, but I love to karaoke. Okay. I do. I love to karaoke. Karaoke's for me. Okay. It's not for you. It's for me. So you just have to deal with it. Well, okay? I, I believe like I'm so done with like the old like guard politics of everybody's so serious. and It's like, I'm like ready. It's like, okay, yeah, we got to work hard and we got a lot of work to do to clean up the state and to make some positive change. But darn it, there is a time when we know when to work and to let our hair down and play and have fun. And so that's the other thing that I really enjoy about you and some of this younger leadership that, you know, is in this race and is coming out of the other races. Is you, you guys know how to balance life. Like, woohoo! Like, <laughs> and, and you know how to keep it, you know how to keep it classy. That's the other thing. As I'll never forget the first time I met you, you were like, I am all about keeping a clean campaign. I am not going to drop down into dirty politics and get in the the nasty soup. And I so respect you for that because through this whole entire time that I've known you, you have kept it classy. And and hats off to you. Yeah. And you know what? This dirty politics stuff where you see these other candidates trash talking each other. Yep. I just can't get involved in that. For one thing, one, I work full time. Um, and two, the action stuff that I am doing, I do not have time to one sabotage another candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any desire to for one thing. Um, and two, it takes a lot to run, you know, yep. it takes a lot to do what we're doing out here. And if we can't change the game of politics, then what are we really doing? Yep. I and mean, I was, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, because there's this big hullabaloo that's happening right now about you know, the ORP and the media and all this stuff wanting to keep different candidates out of the live debate, uh, Republican live debate on the 21st. And, and I, I find it so nauseating and appalling actually. Um, but the whole thing is, as I was telling somebody the other day that out of all of you, well, there were 19 candidates and unfortunately our prayers go out to Reed Christensen and his wife. Um, he made the decision to step, step away for health issues, but for you remaining 18, if I sit there, because I go to the forums all the time, I listen, I've listened to you guys speak. And honestly, there is a, a beautiful aspect, a strong aspect of a leadership within each one of you. And I was telling somebody, if we could pull out of each one of you, your strengths and put it into one freaking candidate, it would be freaking incredible. And, 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 and I, I was in somebody's campaign and I, I just, I couldn't do the dirty politics anymore because I, I, even though I was loyal to my candidate, I still saw the strengths in each candidate and I wanted to cheer them on. I didn't want to tear them down. And 
And so that is why I think you and I have developed this really cool friendship. It's because you and I resonate with that. And you are that true blue person of keeping it classy in leadership. So I want to commend you and thank you and give you a huge bit of like kudos for that. And for all these listeners, as you're making your decision on who to choose to vote for, and you know, as you listen to them and you vet them, look at quality of leadership with integrity, authenticity, and transparency. And their actions speak louder than their words. So anyways, I, I got off. I'm going to step off my soapbox right now. And I will give it back to you, Miss Amber. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. And, you know, I do have to agree with you. We do have a lot of people uh, that are running that are awesome. And I feel really bad for you voters because I think it's going to be really hard um, on primary day because mm-hmm. there are so many great people running. Um, and so, yeah. And I thank you um, as well, Bernadette, because she has been out there and uh, on the campaign trail, giving a voice to all these candidates. And there's so many of us. So thank you, Bernadette, because she's uh, keeping it um keeping it real and making sure that she gives valued time to each and every one of us. And that's really hard to do when um, some people want to say that there's a, you know, maybe there's you know a bias or something and, and she truly doesn't. So um, that's hard to do. And she does a great job doing that by giving everybody a voice because that's actually what we're here to do. Right. You, you, but, the, but the genuine thing is, is you guys are all good people. You all have an intention and a desire to help the state and to make it better. And, you know, no matter what mudslinging is going about this, that, and the other thing, ultimately at the end of the day, you know, y'all are, are, are trying the best you can do with the tools that you have and shout out to all of you for your bravery and courage, courage to step up and to want to take this leadership role on, which is so incredibly needed right now in this state. Absolutely. Well, let's just segue right into some of this action stuff because I have got something for you guys to hear. Woohoo! So, um, through the campaign trail, uh, one, it first kind of started off with this college tour. So, I am a big advocate for our students because I just really feel that. You know, especially in the in the college era, we have not uh, one. We and we've seen it in the education mm-hmm. department that we haven't been representing our students, and our parents feel that their rights have been taken away. Our students' rights have been taken away. Yep. And so, what I wanted to do, the freedom ban actually was already out, and I love the freedom ban. Um, it has your constitution on it and your bill of rights, but it didn't quite kind of. Um, get out the way that this company really wanted it to. So what I did is I'm a good, I'm good at business. I know business. I'm good at it. And I'm really good at networking. And so I thought, (laughs) you know, I'm going to call a company and I thought, you know, I'm just going to call them and I'm going to ask and say, Hey, you have this great product out there, but it kind of went flat, but I have this great idea and I want to use my networking skills and I want to take this and I want to elevate it in a way that we can make it better. And that's what I did. So I called the company and I said, Hey, I want to take these freedom bands and I want to go on a college tour and I want to get these freedom bands on these students wrist. So you scan the QR code. And what's so great about that is it puts the, the constitution right there on their cell phone. So they can literally stand up for their rights right then and there. So when they feel like their rights are being infringed upon, they scan it with their cell phone and it's right there and what we love about our electronics is that we're not going to get rid of them but let's use our technology in a positive way not a negative way Mm -hmm. and they thought this was brilliant so that's what we did but then we started let's elevate it a little bit more so we put my website on there and then uh we have a person in jackson county that was teaching constitution classes so Mm -hmm. a lot of people have heard of hillsdale and we have a patriotacademy.com in Oregon. Nice. So Patriot Academy is uh, like Hillsdale, but it has the real history, the all everything about the Constitution. So we added that onto the uh, Constitution band as well, the Freedom Band. And so that has the Patriot Academy on there and also how you can become a Patriot coach. So if these students are like, hey, I love the Patriot Academy and I decided that I loved it so much. Now I want to be a Constitution coach and I want to just thrive so much about the Constitution right. that I'm going to become one myself. So now they have the constitution on their hand, on their wrist, on their cell phone, they're standing up for their rights and now they love it so much that they want to teach it. So this is such a way that we can just get our students to start using their constitution in an effective way, use their technology in a positive way and 
you know, they can start spreading that throughout all of the colleges. AKA inspiring our youth and our future leadership, because I know speaking to a lot of youth, they are very disheartened. They are very angry and they are very apathetic of our leadership that is in politics right now. And they literally feel it's a waste of time. And so for you to be doing what you're doing and reaching out to this, this group and I'm, I'm going to just say a little something like you met a young man at the pear blossom last week and you had a, a conversation with him, very different philosophy and perspective from your own, but you stepped up and you listened to this gentleman and then you gave him my name to reach out to be on the podcast. And we did our podcast recording yesterday. And yes, his viewpoints were different even from mine, but yet I could see where him and I, we were in alignment, but we had an incredible podcast episode, but it was you coming from your heart and seeing the potential in this young man, even though he didn't completely align with your beliefs and your viewpoints to give him an opportunity to have a voice. And that is what is so important of what we need right now to heal the state and unify the state. And I commend you. That was, that was huge. So, so thank you. And it, it's works like that from our leadership that is going to change the course, but it's also going to give hope to our younger generations that this isn't a total failure. You know, politics is a failed thing. So kudos. Yeah, I know. I, he, he actually, he came to the uh, Republican tent at the Pear Blossom. And I think he, uh, he didn't know what he was going to run into because I don't think <laughs> running into me, uh, that I think he thought that coming to the Republican tent was mm-hmm. going to be this argument. Because I think our state's been so divided that if you're a Republican, then you have one view and that's one view yep. only. And um, for me, I am a constitution. Your, your freedom of speech is so important and mm-hmm. everybody has a voice. So even though I am a very grassroots conservative Mm -hmm. your freedom of speech is so important to me that even if i have a different view than you Mm -hmm. i want your voice to be heard i don't have to agree with you but your voice to be heard i will always resonate with that and so i met this young gentleman and he actually wrote a screenplay and i thought this is brilliant like even though i i don't agree with (laughs) the things that you say you having a voice is so important to me that Mm -hmm. um and i think that our youth needs to be able to exercise their arts i was an you know, mm-hmm. I went into theater when I first went to school and how brilliant is it to not only, um, they've been hampered, you yep. know, their, their, their artistic abilities have been hampered. Mm-hmm. And even though, like I said, I disagree with your views, mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you having a voice. And so this, this young gentleman thought this was insane that here's a person who we absolutely have 100% disagreement on our political views. This person is giving me a platform to not only uh, speak about what I'm doing, but is on a completely different political mm. side. And Holy he cow, it was she's a Republican. <laughs> like, what say what? Yeah, you know? And so, um, yeah, so this is what we need to do, though, right? So, this mm-hmm. is how we people ask, how are you going to bridge the gap? And I've been asked this before. I'm like, well, we bridge the gap by one thing action groups in our community, yep. two, networking. We have have to network together and or and stand up for our constitutional rights how we do that is right there that is your freedom of speech we network together so all of our voices can be heard but also yeah and that's the whole thing is being mature and conscious enough is to no matter who anybody is is you listen to them and through you listening you're constantly looking for that golden thread that connects us and what connected you what connected me to him was that he was seeing the corruption within our political leadership, the parties and the, you know, that's being run by the, the, the establishment, the power elite. And he wants to see that shift. That was the common thread. Now, the, the vision of how you want to change that, the vision of how I want to change that and the vision how he wanted to change it was vastly different, but still, he sees what needs to be changed at the end of the day. And so for you to be open enough to hear him and to inspire him and encourage him, that speaks volumes about your character and who you are as a person and as a leader. Well, thank you. 
Well, back to more action stuff. Okay. <laughs> so that was the freedom ban. And again, that is getting our college and getting our youth involved, right? Right. That's showing up how we can use our constitution, how we can um, celebrate our youth. That's mm-hmm. how we can network and that's how we can use these freedom bands right then and there. Right. Um, so that's one of the things I've been doing on this college tour is spreading that and and that was just one beautiful story right there. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the second thing that just released. And I'm so very excited about this because whoop, whoop. this is something that is for our veterans. I come from a family of veterans. Um, so the uh, Triple Bravo Band is what we're calling it. It is a Patriot Band and it is so cool looking. Let me tell you guys, this thing is like, if there is something that a veteran would want to wear, you want to wear this. And I would want to wear it because it's just cool looking anyways because I like cool things. But um, right. anyhow, this band is $22, but the trick with this one is you get two bands one is so that one you can wear it and the other is that you get it for free so you can put it on a veteran and um this band also has a qr code on it you scan the qr code with your phone and it will have resources that are outside of the va but also has resources within the va as well this is not just uh, isolated to oregon this is also so nationwide because we have veterans all over the all over the states it's not just isolated to oregon but what's the beauty with this band is that we know the significance with the number 22 because we have 22 veterans that commit suicide. That is why we, we chose that number mm-hmm. because it is something that is so very heartbreaking. And it does, um, you know, it's very unfortunate it was happening with our veterans. Right. Um, the, Ma- the Mattersville Project is a project that is something that a lot of people don't really know about. I talked to a veteran um, just on Friday mm-hmm. who came down to the Jackson County Republican office when um, Sam Palmer and myself were there mm-hmm. to just kind of um, have a little meet and greet. And a veteran came down and I showed him the band and he said, what's the Mattersville project? And I said, well, that is actually a project that gets more vets into housing. But this is something that most people don't really know about. So that is the thing that this is what the proceeds of this band goes to is so that we can actually give more money to funding that puts vets in housing. So I've got a question. Does the veterans, I mean, you know, department, do they educate the veteran that this is a part of their assistance that they can get help with? This is why we have to have resources out there that veterans know about. And that's why this band is so important because they can scan it and have a list of all these great resources that are available for them. That's right at their fingertips. Right. But if we don't, if they don't know about it, how are they supposed to know? Exactly. And so the other part of this band that is so cool that I love so much Mm -hmm. is that what better way to know what resources are working, what resources aren't Mm -hmm. is if we don't hear it from our veterans, themselves right so what's so great about this again is that they can go to some of these resources and say hey i don't really like that or hey you know what that place was so amazing and i got this amazing resource and i loved it so this also has dental vision all the way down to resources that are sometimes just restaurants that have a free breakfast and mm-hmm. a room that's just dedicated to our veterans so veterans can hang out and talk together because that's also very important as well. They need the com- camaraderie with each other right. because that's important too. We have we have restaurants, even just in Southern Oregon, Punky's Diner is one of them, mm-hmm. that give time and effort just to our veterans alone. So these are things that um, we need to celebrate in our country, in our mm-hmm. states, and in our communities, and we need to support our veterans. And this is something that nobody does. This is something that I love that I get to get involved with right, right now, not before election day. And I think this is something as a community, we can stand up by these bands and it is something that is not involved with the government, right? We yeah. want to do things. People always talk about how Republicans want to limit the government, but they mm-hmm. never do. This is how we get businesses to communicate together, businesses to work together, and we privately fund it. We limit the government, and now we are supporting each other, yeah. helping veterans, and limiting the government all at the same time. And and this is a true definition of what a humanitarian does. Exactly. Yep. So I'm so excited about it. So this is how I'm doing it as well. So um, right now at this time, I don't want people to go onto my website and give me $22. That's not what I want. What I want you to do is go on my website and give me your email and your first name, last name, and how many of these bands you want. Because I'm doing pre-sales for these bands. So again, it's called the Triple Bravo Band. I have mm-hmm. a picture of it all over my social media. Mm-hmm. And you just go on my website, email me, and say, I want... And remember, when you get one band that's $22, you get two. So the purchase of one is the purchase of two. But I don't want you to give me money. What I want is just your email, 
your contact. So what we do is we're making a pre-sale list and then I give that to the company and we're going to do a massive pre-sale and we're going to get the the whole idea is to get these uh, bands on veterans wrist right now so we can start the interaction. That's really awesome because I, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I do want to bring this point out is that you are a huge supporter of one's purpose and I'll let you speak to that. But so are any of these bands a percentage of the proceeds going so, to them? That's a great segue right now because <laughs> one's purpose is the only organization that we have right now in the state of Oregon uh, so, yes, let me backtrack a little bit. Okay. So I have been working with One's Purpose for the stop of human and sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. So I um, met One's Purpose about eight to nine months ago when I got invited to go to a more of a freedom talk mm-hmm. in Eugene. And I knew right then and there that this was going to be my calling. Mm-hmm. Um, the stop of human sex trafficking, human and sex trafficking is probably one of the worst things that we have in our state that nobody will talk about. And so when I was at this uh, freedom kind of talk, um, Joni uh, Wilkinson and Rhonda Riddle were there. Rhonda is the president and Joni is the founder of One's Purpose. One's Purpose, like I said, is the only organization that we have right now in the state of Oregon that is the the biggest fight that we have because we have zero safe houses. Um, so human and sex trafficking is, we are the third worst state in the entire country. Mm-hmm. People don't want to believe it because it's not somebody said that's in the media that's really talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now with the freedom ban, which is the constitution ban, I do have right on the face of my website that you can purchase it from my website and uh, 90% of all the proceeds go directly to one's purpose. So what's great about that is it doesn't actually hit my antidote. So none of it actually goes into my account. Mm -hmm. It goes all directly straight to one's purpose. And again, here's the kicker. That's how we... So now you're helping students learn the Constitution. Right. You are getting more of the Constitution out there. You're helping a company, and now you're also stopping sex trafficking all at the same time. So right. <laughs> that's so great with this ban, right, with the Freedom Ban. Um, it's a triple win, folks. Right. So that's great. Um, that's what I wanted to start right then and there because we have a third band coming out, um, and this happens in two weeks. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so um, this is called the Boycott Band. Um, because of all the work that I've been doing with One's Purpose, um, this is my bread and butter in the sense of I'm not making money on it, but because I am so passionate with the sex, hum, stopping human sex trafficking, right. um, with all the information that I have been working with um, One's Purpose and everything that I found out about our state, it was like, you know, when people say they get red-pilled, Yep. right? I got, um, well... Yeah, let's say one's purpose. I mean, their color is purple. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I got purple pilled. Right. <laughs> I mean, if right. you want to say it. Um, I did not realize, like everybody else, how truly bad it is. Well, and, and I'm going to take a little to speak to that because, you know, a few weeks ago, you and I went on our road trip together to Eastern Oregon and this conversation came up while we were traveling and you were talking about like, where you know these types of things occur and and you were sharing with me about how they lure people in and 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 then the children and and literally it was like at one point I there was part of me because it was so hard to hear and it was so hurting it was hurting my heart actually hearing it that I just I wanted you to have like stop you know because it was this realization of like Oh my gosh, this, there, there is such darkness and I'm just going to call it for what it is, evilness in our world, that this is happening to innocent children and innocent humans. And I, I did, I had to really go in and process and absorb everything that you were saying, uh, because it was so incredibly dark, but then to, but it was eye opening at, at the same time and making me more passionate um, to step forth and, and support that cause. But I can see like why so many people don't want to talk to them. They, they kind of are in denial and they want to pretend it's not there and they put these blinders up because the amount of trauma and tragedy and evil that exists, you don't want to see it because it's so painful to you. And, um, but it needs to be brought out into the light. And so we can change this because 
every human has a birthright of freedom, liberty, to be safe, you know, and so it's, it's a big one. Yeah. And, you know, they, these uh, survivors, um, mm-hmm. their stories seem so extreme mm-hmm. that it can't be real. Right. You don't want to believe it. And it's real. Mm-hmm. It is so real. Um, I have a sister who is a sexual assault nurse. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the things that you hear, I mean, they're so heinous. Right. People are very cruel. It's something that you, you can't even, you wouldn't even imagine it does, it, that it could actually exist. That yeah. there was something that would be so evil and dark yeah. for it to exist. And it is everywhere in our state. It is everywhere. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so anyhow... Um, I'm not going to lighten it up because we're going to go right no, into it. No, we, um. we, we can't. It, it's something that people need to hear and yeah. know that it does exist because it's not until we shine the light on that darkness that things are going to change. And, and yeah. these people, it's part of our as being humanity and brothers and sisters on this planet that we work together to change that to help them. Yeah. So here we go, guys. All right. So with our state, we had a 40% increase already um, with the lockdowns, with the human and sex trafficking. Um, so we you have to understand, we are, if we are the third worst state in the country, um, and then we had a 40% increase already on something that was bad. Yep. Um, so the lockdowns, um, our students are now at home. It's very facilitated online already. Mm-hmm. And so you think about these students now forced to be online um, our state has now facilitated it even in a more of a higher increase. Um, with these large marijuana grows, we are now, that's another aspect of that is being facilitated. These large marijuana grows are facilitating the human sex trafficking with the cartel. Mm-hmm. Um, being down here in Jackson County, I'm, I'm, I'm 20, 30 minutes away from the border. We have a crisis on our hands. We have people who are shackled um, in these huge container homes um, not, you know, tanks um, on these large grows, um, human trafficking and sex trafficking. People um, aren't very aware, but it is to a point in our state where people are being shot. People are uh, breaking their own ankles. Uh, so they will get shot because they're just tired of being trafficked. Yeah, it's it's very serious what is happening. And we have got to crack down on it in a real way. Mm-hmm. So I'm not governor yet. Right. So all I can do is really work my tail end off. I was going to say the other word <laughs> um, because I'm so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, working with one's purpose has one, like I said, has opened my eyes in another way that I had never even known. If there is something that I can tell you guys to do, please get a hold of onespurpose.com. Get involved now, not today or not, not tomorrow, not next week. I'm telling you, go online, get involved. You can get involved in so many different ways. Yep. Um, holding up a sign in your neighborhood saying you know, that you're against it. But here's what I'm going to tell you, how you're going to be able to get involved even more. So what I'm working on and what One's Purpose has helped with so much by getting this going is amazing. So we call it the boycott ban. It's a boycott slavery ban. Mm-hmm. So we are introducing this in, the, like I don't want to say it's be about two weeks. With this boycott ban, we'll have t-shirts, we'll have nice. everything um, that you will be able to sit, stand up and say that we are against human and sex trafficking. We don't want you here. We do not like you. We do not stand for this. And by showing the, um, by wearing that, and by wearing the band, by wearing the t-shirts, you can get a lapel. We are going to make so many products of this stuff. So So you can say that you are against human and sex trafficking. But the great thing about this, by buying these products, you are going to be funding the good stuff because we have taken the time to really vet the good resources. And with One's Purpose Help, with One's Purpose Help, we have been able to find those resources. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we only have about 200 good resources in our country. Yeah. That's nothing. But at least we have that. Um, So we do have those 200 resources that we have been putting on the band. And um, the good resources that we will have on there is only about 15 right now because we have to vet it very carefully Mm -hmm. because we don't want people to get hurt. But the great thing about this is that you can scan it with your cell phone and you can see what those good resources are. So if you do come in contact with somebody who is trafficked, one, you can say, hey, here's a great resource. Because a lot of times what I get told is, how can I help? Yep. We don't know. I, I've never been trafficked before. I don't know how to get involved. I don't know how to help. But here's something I can wear to say, hey, I'm against it. And I can scan it and say, here's a great resource that I can be a vessel of good help and good communication to help somebody. 
And here's the other great part about it as well. Mm -hmm. This is going to fund those good resources. It's going to fund the places like One's Purpose. It's going to fund help places like SWAT that's in Texas. SWAT is an amazing, another amazing organization. We have, um, like I said, we have a list of those great resources that these products are going to be helped uh, fund because they do need the help. And then we also have another good part about that is that we are going to be able to give different types of products and resources to first responders like EMTs, firefighters, and people who work in hospitals that are in number one contact with people who are trafficked because we want to be able to give those people the resources so that they can help the people who are getting trafficked with the good resources. So that's what it's also going to fund too. This is a way to get a first hands-on and be able to really stop the fight in a real way. So we are now taking technology and using it for good. We've not have ever seen this before and we are taking it up to yep. the next level. Nobody is doing the stuff that I'm doing and I'm doing it right now, not before, not after I get elected. There are so many people who are running that say, hey, elect me and then I'll do it. And I'm yep. saying, watch me right now. Please don't take your eye off me because I really do care. Yeah, they, they just use it in a, in, as a talking point instead of actually being involved in an action. And as you were talking, there was something that came to my mind that I would like to address and for you to answer. But part of the problem is like one's purpose and everything that they're doing and what you're aligning with and, and helping them with, that that is huge. But I think also, too, is the fact that our our law and order, our officer, all the we they have been defunded they basically have had their hands tied behind their back and so this type of evil is able to rage out of control and so for me hosting this podcast and i have always been a proponent of people you need to do your research and you need to rate uh vet these candidates and are they for law and order do they support our police do they support our national guard do they support our military and and we need to know that and so that's my segue into the next question for you amber is what is your viewpoint on our law enforcement our national guard the military and how can they be beneficial and stopping this human trafficking crisis that we're experiencing well, that's a hard question mm-hmm. um, because here's the problem. Okay. Um, if you do talk to some of our um, people, like One's Purpose, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, um, and if, like my sister, for instance, mm-hmm. um, she said when you, when I told her I was going to run, mm-hmm. um, she said, you know, there's a lot of politicians, especially who are deep rooted in this sex trafficking I'm, I'm being serious. And if you look at how our state has handled um, uh, sex trafficking, human trafficking, domestic violence, mm-hmm. um, things like that. I mean, I look at the Secretary of State, Shamia Fagan, for instance, mm-hmm. from 2021 to 2023, she's going to give $10 million to domestic violence and uh, sex trafficking and um, oh. and what was the other? Um, sexual assault. $10 million. To split between the three huge things, right? right? So one thing that I always talk about with my college students, too, is uh, the number one thing for our state to budget cut first is domestic violence, sex trafficking, and sexual assault. That's the first thing for our state to budget cut, wow. which is one of the things we have the worst things happening to people. Wow. So our state never really cares. It's mm-hmm. always about money, power, and control. Yep. And so it's really hard to answer the question when we have a state that one doesn't fund our real resources that we need the help for. But what I'm saying is, so, <laughs> uh, so when you budget cut our police, when you budget cut everything and you, you, you hand, you tie the hands behind everybody's back, there's no support there. There's so, zero support. But what, but what I'm saying is let's, let's set an intention for the, the future that November, 2022, you get elected governor oh. as governor. What would you do to solve? Yeah, there needs to be a massive education about it too. I mean, we need to have one. We need to have proper funding for the the the. We need proper funding for our resources that we want. You know, we 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 want to have a good, healthy budget for our police and for the resources that we do need. But we also need great education there too. Right, but would you? But would you also too, as governor, would you be willing to do an executive order? 
that would, you know, institute the, our National Guard or oh, whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess and, I, I misunderstood and, your and question. And to clean out these, yeah, well, we these need, camps I mean, that, yeah, you know, that yeah, are, I guess I misunderstood your question. No, it's yeah, okay. So, no, it's okay. Um, I've already said that when on many of our um, forums and stuff is that mm-hmm. we need a National Guard and military action when it comes to this cartel issue that we have. Yep. But I'm the only one that really talks about it because yep. I'm down here in Southern Oregon and we're the ones who are super infiltrated with this. I mean, we are at Jackson County, Josephine County, and Klamath County. We are so hit hard with this cartel issue, and we are so um, infiltrated with um, what's happening, with, especially with the sex trafficking, the human trafficking. That we're it is we are. They always talk about that our sheriffs are going to be able to handle this. And I, I'm not saying I'm against our sheriffs. We love our sheriffs, but it, they can't handle where we're at right now. We need a full on the National Guard and the military help right now with what we're dealing with. Right. We are at the point where it is so out of hand that we do need that help. And so, yeah, absolutely. I have no problem taking the full on action and it right. makes sure that we get the care that we need. But, you know, because that I mean, for me, that's that's the type of leadership that we yeah. need that is willing to be brave and courageous enough to be able to take this on and say, no, no more, not in our state. Yeah. This isn't happening. But the, the people don't like to hear it, but we need to have a whole reform on the whole marijuana stuff. People don't like to hear that because they don't understand how bad it truly is. The state's, the state was like, woohoo, money. And they didn't, you know, that's all they're thinking about is that. They're not understanding how bad uh, of the situation that we're in. And we are now, we're talking about massive lives that are being taken. We are talking about, I mean, realistically, like I've told people that they are asking, they have had students drop out of school and say, hey, come on these farms, we'll pay $20, $30 an hour, and then these students disappear. Yep. And that's where we're at. Well, and, and I'll be honest from my viewpoint, I remember when that was on the ballot to legalize marijuana. And I was just like, you have got to be freaking crazy because it's like, you know, I have seen personally in people that I have known in my life that have been regular marijuana users that, you know, it might be OK in the beginning. But when you go more long term, the more attitude of apathy and just kind of checking out in life and, you know, hey, I'm going to watch TV and eat some munchies or play some video games. Yay, there's my life. And you, you, it just desensitizes them and pulls them out of like what's really going on. And so there was a part of me that was realizing is like, you know, this almost feels like this is like the established power of lead to, to get people to just check out. If you can get people on drugs or, you know, numbed out with video games, food, whatever, you know, we can go do our stuff and they're not going to be the wiser. And so when I saw that on the ballot, I was like, "Mm, this isn't, this isn't good, you know? And then to see what happened, like there was a boom, like all these farmers and everything were making bank, you know, and it was good. But now we were discussing last night about how like the OLCC and, and all of that, it's the people that are trying to do it legally right and and jumping through the hoops paying their taxes they're now getting strangled and they're losing their shorts so they're getting out of it so then now the big grows get that are illegal and the ones that are part of this human trafficking thing are now reigning supreme and they're making money and that is i'm sorry corrupt as af and it is so not good and then all of a sudden what was it last year or the year before they they instituted that thing of like oh well you can have cocaine or you can have meth on you at this amount and it's totally okay and oh well if you get caught all you have to do is go to pay a hundred dollars or go to rehab it's like not you know it's like where is it healthy i'm sorry where is it healthy when did drugs become an okay healthy thing for a body and then not to allow people to have to take accountability for their behaviors and, and actions. Like, I'm just sitting back here going like, are we for reals? And in real time, it's coming from our democratic leadership. Like, and I was a part of that party and I'm like, what the heck is going on? It's just, it's corruption at its finest. I hear you. I mean, I, there's so many times that I talk about this with that decriminalization of the drugs we had 100,000 fentanyl deaths in yep. that first year. And those were 40 years old and younger. We have kids dying. How do these people sleep at night? I've asked that so many times. And guess what? They got richer and, and, and 
And our government's gotten richer off of it. Absolutely. But where has it gone for we what, the people? It's I guess what they gave them a there. clean needle and they made us pay for it. I am so pissed because I had to pay for that. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad about oh, it. Oh, I'm as mad as hell because you know what? I live up in the Portland metro area. And ever since they legalized marijuana, the amount of homelessness that has occurred up there is obscene. And the amount of people that are homeless and are drug addicted is obscene. And you know that there are actually nonprofits up there that they ride about around on their eco-friendly bicycles with new clean syringes and they go around to the homeless camps and distribute clean syringes because heaven forbid somebody that is drug addicted is injects themselves with a dirty syringe so we'll we'll go give them clean syringes and then dirty syringes are all over the place on our sidewalks and our parks and everything so some innocent person or child you know can get pricked with a dirty needle with God, God knows what on it. Like, where is the freaking common sense of, it, it makes no sense. And I am, I am, I am ticked off. Like, I, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why I'm getting into politics. I don't, you know, it's because this insanity has to stop. This is the darkness. This is evil. And this is not benefiting humanity or we the people at all. It is benefiting the elitists. And they all benefited. They got rich. Yep. And we are suffering. Yep. And I, I, I tell people all the time, how do they sleep at night? The, the, I want to know. They don't care because they are not in service and they're not here to serve the people. They're here to serve them and to serve their masters, which is the power elite. And and it's got to be called out and it's got to be stopped because it breaks my heart every single time I have to drive in to Portland. And I'm sorry, it's not just downtown Portland now. It's almost to my community now. I hop on I-5 and a mile from my home, off to the side, there's homeless encampments under the trees. It's like nobody and they're right and nobody deserves to live that type of lifestyle but we have pushed with our 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 finance i mean the soaring house you know rising costs the ability you know this whole pandemic and so people couldn't work and i mean all of it has has created this mess and people are suffering and, and to be able to have to see that, my heart hurts every single time Absolutely. I drive into Portland to have to see these people. Absolutely. And nobody deserves to live this way. And the only way it's going to change, the government that we have in right now, they don't care and they're not going to help. And the only way we can do it is we the people unifying together and getting educated in politics, getting educated with who the leaders that are running for these positions and to support the one who are committed 100% and they are willing to come from a heart space to walk and, 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 and to be in humility and, and be in grace and to be willing to be in service to the people. And, and, and I'm sorry, uh, last thing, and then I'm going to shut that up. So, cause this is your interview, but the last thing is, is to know the difference. When is there somebody that's saying that they're a grassroots leader and they're going to make change? Are they acting from a place of ego or are they acting from a place of authenticity, integrity, transparency, and the heart and humility? And to really be aware if somebody is cocky and coming out of the place of their ego, are they really the one they might talk a great game? Yeah, I'm, I'm hot, hot bleep, but are they really, or is it somebody that models the behavior and is actually taking action? So that's the question to my listeners is what looks good, but yeah, it's not the right choice. And the one that's the real deal. Well, I think that's a great question. You know, I think some of the things sometimes I worry about is because I don't sound like a politician. My yep. answers are not a politician answer. I get a little sometimes on stage. I'm like, oh, I didn't answer that like a politician because I'm not one. I always tell people all the time I'm a patriot, not mm-hmm. a politician. But I do think that's what's different in this race is that this time is the time that people do not care about money. 
People are not looking at the money. What people are looking at right now, this race, 2022, every single, um, every single, not, not just the governorship, we're talking, you know, U.S. Senator, we're talking every single seat that mm-hmm. is open that people are running for. What we are looking for, for this state, because this state has gotten decimated by what has happened. Everything that we talked about just now, mm-hmm. we have been decimated. Mm-hmm. We want action, we want change, and we want a patriot. We don't want a politician. We don't want it anymore. We, We're we, done. We want somebody that is truly We're willing done. to represent and be in and service to the people. We what's are it done. What's going to take is we're going to have to clean house. The day I'm elected, I'm going to have to go in there. I'm going to have to clean house. We're going to have to cut those boards down. Kate Brown loves boards. That's part of the problem in our state. She has appointed so many boards so they conflict all the singles. Every single day, so nothing can get done. Well, no. She I was, loves it. I was, she loves to do it. I was literally talking to somebody that I know that works in state government, right? And I'm, I'm not going to say their name, and I'm not going to say what department <laughs> they work under. But they were speaking of their frustration of in this one department, there are 14 different bureaucracy special interest groups that are all working together. And what a joke it is because none of them can agree on anything. And, and so, so basically, it's um, just a mental like, excuse me, everyone, I'm going to say it, mental masturbation of of ideas and nothing ever gets done. And and that's the problem with our government. Our government is too big. There's too much bureaucracy and special interests and mm-hmm. lobbyists and everything yeah. that have the influence and nothing can get done. That's what she loves to do though. She loves to appoint all these boards who govern everybody else. And and that's, look at this. I was born and raised here. That has That's not how our state was ran. Our state was not ran that way. We had our counties who had where we could govern ourselves, right? Right. Which is how it should be, right? right? Our, and, 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 and the thing about Oregon that's so beautiful is that each part of our state is different. Mm-hmm. And each part of our state has to be ran different. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it has been ran for so long. And that is part of why we have such a problem as well. Right. And we need to eat, treat Oregon in the beautiful layers that it is. Right. And that is something that also needs to be happening. We are felt forgotten over here in Southern Oregon. That's how people feel in Eastern Oregon. That's how people feel oh, in totally. the coastal town. So we need to bring back the power in our own counties mm-hmm. and let that be happening in each county. We need to treat Oregon the beautiful layers that it is. Yep. We need to bring back our industries like our logging industries because our loggers were our first line of defense. We didn't have fires when I was a kid. I played, you know, I always joke with you because I played, you know, <laughs> softball for timber products, but it was true. We had a mill on almost every corner and you know what? It was beautiful. Yep. We had jobs up the yin-yang, you know? We loved it. Everywhere you went in Portland and Oregon and Southern Oregon and Jackson County, East, I mean, it smelled like timber everywhere you went because it was beautiful. We had trees. Our trees in Oregon were humongous. Now you look at the logging industry and they're small. They literally plant trees and not the way they used to plant them. They don't plant them the same way. Um, But, you know, industry needs to be brought back into our resources and we need to utilize our resources the way that our state is made. It's 2022. I'm sorry, you guys. We know how to do it. Well, and and And, 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 no, I want to say a few things more (laughs) because when you talk about the homeless, you know, here's the thing is that people always say that Republicans don't want to help people. And that is so untrue because we do. I, I love helping people. I mean, I'm a massage therapist. That's what I love to do. I want to help people the right way though. I don't want to dump funds into, uh, agencies and into nonprofits that are not helpful. I don't want to enable. I want to help, but I want to help appropriately. Right. Right. And so we need to have a full forensic audit on every funded agency because right now we keep dumping funds into things that don't work. And also we don't even know what is working, what isn't. Our government is so big and it is it's, we're literally drowning. And if we don't know what's working, what's not working and we don't know where it's going and what's not Right now, it was the funniest, well, not funny, but um, I was talking to my grandma. I'm like, do you know there's an other fund now? We had a general fund. We had this fund. And now there's an other fund. I said, what the hell heck's another fund? And she said, what do you mean there's another fund? I'm like, yeah, no, I was literally looking at something. They said they took money out of the general fund to put in a specific fund for the other fund. And she said, what? I said, exactly. The other fund. 
We have an other fund now that we pay for the other fund. It's called AKA the enabling fund, you know, the and, other fund. and I have to say that there is a difference, a vast difference of enabling people and empowering people. And right now our government is enabling people. And our job as brothers and sisters on this planet is to help educate, inspire and empower each other, not enable each other. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I, I, you know, and, and look, if, if, if the, our government right now really, truly cared, if they really cared, then it would show. Yep. Look, I don't like to see people living on the streets. I don't like to see people living in squander. They apparently do because look, look outside. Yeah. And guess, guess what? It's here too. It's not just up North. It's here too. Uh, my better half uh, works were with RVTD mm-hmm. and he, um, you know, just the other day, I mean, there's people all the time in the, these bus stops that are mm-hmm. homeless, um, that they have to call and get help. Um, there are people who are flushing needles down the toilet and it's, um, you know, clogging the toilets, clogging the toilets up. Um, it, there, there's, it's not just in Portland, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a, a truck driving company and this is one thing that people don't even realize with our truck, our poor truck drivers. Um, our state, right now, we have tent cities on our wait stations, and our truck drivers are not even, they can't even go to really? wait. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And they will get fined if they don't go to their wait stations, and our city, our government, won't do anything about it. Wow. Yeah, they won't do anything about it. And I'm like, hey, now, like, so what, what are they supposed to do? Wow. Another thing with our truck drivers is, you know, the mileage tax that these and, and our truck drivers they get it right. They they, they understand that the the um, the impact that their the trucks have. They get, they totally get it. But it's at a it's at a point now where, you know, they pay a thirty three uh, cent mileage tax, and so our government right now gets five point one billion dollars every single year, just from our truck drivers. Where does the money go? Well, maybe instead of taxing our truck drivers. They could use the funds out of the other funds. <laughs> I mean, come on. Look, they always say that we don't have money. I'm like, no, 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 no. They have a ton of money. Where is it going? I want an audit. I want yep. a full forensic audit yep. on all of it. Yep. I want a payroll audit on all of them. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about some real serious stuff. There's a reason why they censor me, by the way. They do not like me. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to be censored, too. Uh, I won't soon. even be in the voters pamphlet this year, which was some major, <laughs> major baloney. Talk what happened. about that corruption on that one. Yeah, but I mean, that's Maybe. for another podcast. Right. But I'm just telling you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can talk more. But um, I will get back to, um, you know what? I love what I'm doing. And I do want you guys to pay attention to me. Um, and I want you to go to uh, my website. And yeah. it is VoteOregonFirst for Amber.com. And that's for like the number four. Again, that's VoteOregonFirst for Amber.com. And um, when you go on my website, please go to news because that has all the podcasts on there. And I would like you to take a listen to all those um, because there's some really good podcasts on there. Um, and uh, one of the dates I do want you guys to pay attention to is April 19th. That is something that is a TPUD. Go on uh, Facebook, go on True Social, go on all of my um um, social medias because right now a star state again this is a call to action um that is in tillamook that's in our ruler parts of our state they are trying to take our property rights away guys so please check that out if you are able to go and stand up hold up a sign and say hey we don't like what you guys are doing we want our property rights our yeah. this is for our farmers this is for you know, this is this is for us. This is for we the people. So please go on my Facebook. Go on my True Social. I love True Social, by the way. I hate Facebook, but go on my Facebook. Um, and please um, share the TPUD uh, stuff because you'll see that on there. We need to stand up for our farmers. We need to stand up for our property rights. So again, April nineteenth. Pay attention to that date. Um, go on my website again. That's voteoregonfirst for Amber Get involved. Buy a freedom band that goes to one's purpose. Um, and then when those other bands come out, please get involved with those and also go to onespurpose.com get involved with them because we have to stop this human and sex trafficking and listeners i do have to say that i know sometimes this can all seem very overwhelming there's times that 
it can seem very hopeless because there are so many fires to put out right now. But I think it's so important that each one of us hear the rally cry that is time for us, we the people, to rise up and to really go in and intuitively ask ourselves: is where are we being guided to go? What fire are we supposed to show up and put the fire out? And, and to stand up and do that and to know that we are in a wave of, of light and of truth and that we will always, always be divinely protected when we step up and, and stand in that light. And so to trust that, uh, I know there's a lot of fear too. It takes a lot of courage to stand up. Amber, what you're doing is taking a lot of courage, but, um, it's time for us to stand up and to know that the divine, that God, they have our back and, um, we, we can all do this. So that's just my, my words. And Amber, again, it's an honor to know you and, um, to see how you so beautifully work in the world and your amazing mind, but your heart. And, um, I really do. I wish you the very, very best of luck in this. And no matter where, win or lose, I know you are going to be the ultimate firecracker and, and leader going forth. So, yeah, I, I'm honored to know you, but I'm honored to call you my friend. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. I know this podcast is going to take off. So when you're famous, remember as little people, okay? <laughs> Awesome. Will do. I love you, sister. Love you. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for tuning in and listening today. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and reach out to me at Between Two Parties um, podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I will be having my social media up soon, too. So you can reach out to me that way. But love you all and peace. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to check out our website at www.betweentwoparties.com for more information and links from today's episode. Also, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Our social media sites are Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, Truth Social, CloudHub, Rumble, and YouTube. If you like what you hear and you want to support our grassroots podcast for change, all donations are graciously accepted through Venmo. May we all look past our differences to realize we the people have more in common than we have differences. We all love our freedoms, our children, our grandchildren, and we are committed to leave a better world for our future generations. We are stronger together than we are divided, so let's start building a bridge of unity. Until next time, peace y'all, and remember, love always wins.